Welcome to the Humans of Madison podcast. I'm Charlotte Matherly. And I'm Amy Needham. And we're the culture editors here at The Breeze. In Humans of Madison, we look at the individual lives and experiences that make up the JMU community. Today, we're talking with senior social work major, Leanna Headley. Leanna is the founder of Our Amazing Fighters, a nonprofit organization raising awareness for pediatric cancer. What started as an Instagram page blossomed into a nationwide network of support for children and their families. So tell us a little bit about your foundation, Our Amazing Fighters, and what exactly you do. Yeah, so I started Our Amazing Fighters in 2014, originally as a way to raise awareness for pediatric cancer, as I saw the need because it's so underfunded and under-researched in the United States. Um, I wanted to be an advocate for these kids and share their stories and kind of put a face with the disease. Um, So I started sharing kids stories and sharing the facts through a social media campaign. Um, And as I really got to know these kids, I decided I wanted to do something personal and something tangible for them. And so the nonprofit kind of fell out of that. We are still really passionate about advocacy. I go and I lobby on Capitol Hill with members of Congress advocating for better legislation for kids um, and better research. And then in addition, we have a bunch of family support programs. So we send and deliver care packages nationwide to kids fighting. We send bald American girl dolls to little girls who have lost their hair. We provide for like our local families. We do respite care and free babysitting. We bring meals and coffee to the children's hospital, Um, really however we can to love these families well as they experience the hardest thing they've ever had to endure. Yeah, absolutely. So I think your website said you started this in 2014. So what kind of motivated you to start that at such a young age? Um, It was actually super random. I didn't really have a direct connection to the pediatric cancer community, but I had followed some kids on social media that were fighting and through them really just learned the devastating reality that these kids face and wanted to do something about it. So I like to say, well, I didn't have a reason to bring me into this world. I now have a hundred reasons to stay because these kids have become Um, not only my heroes, but my tiny little best friends, my little brothers, my little sisters, and their families are my family. So awesome. So how has our amazing fighters grown over the years? And what does it look like now versus what it looked like when you first started? Yeah, so obviously it started off as just an Instagram page. So we've grown tremendously. We now have, you know, 1000s of followers versus when we first started, it was, you know, me and some of my close friends that followed it. Um, But in regards to the families we work with, I know thousands of families nationwide now that have either, that are in the fight, have finished the fight, or have lost their child to pediatric cancer. So we've grown tremendously in that way. We've grown a lot. It's been really cool and special to watch. I mean, even, even I have grown so much as I started it as a freshman in high school and, you know, now I'm a senior in college. And so just to see the growth of it and like see it mature into like, instead of being this, you know, high schoolers project and passion, it has now turned into, you know, an official 501c3 nonprofit that works with families nationwide. And it's, it's been really special to watch. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Um, so you mentioned sort of the care packages. I'm really curious, like what's in those? Are they like customizable? How do those sort of work? Yeah. So each care package is really tailored to the child or their family. Um, We send them not only to the kid fighting, but to their siblings as well, because siblings are so often overlooked in this community. And we want them to know that they're loved and supported as well. So each care package is made and filled with things that the kid likes. Um, We have an application that the family fills out and it asks very specific questions about, you know, the child's favorite color, their hobbies, the things they enjoy, if they, you know, love certain characters or whatever. So like if there's a seven-year-old boy who loves soccer, the whole care package is, you know, soccer themed, or if it's a 
five-year-old little girl who loves Disney princesses. The whole care package is Disney princess themed. Um, so each one is really different and totally personalized to the child and their personality and likes and everything. Every kid does receive a custom Our Amazing Fighters blanket um, that is personalized with their name on it. And it has our logo and the gold childhood cancer well, ribbon. What kinds of things, I mean, you said the blanket, but what kinds of things typically go in the basket? Honestly, again, it really just depends on the child. If it's an older person, sometimes we include, you know, gift cards to like their favorite stores or whatever. Um, lots of, you know, books, things to keep the kids occupied, games, toys. It, it really, it honestly depends. Sometimes they include the doll if they asked for a bald doll because they've lost their hair. Lots of goodies, you know, to bring some joy and brighten their day. And if they're in the hospital, it oftentimes keeps them occupied for a little bit, gives the parents a little bit of a break so they can play and, you know whatever I can do to help out. Yeah, it's awesome. So you mentioned you started um, an organization on campus. I think you said it was Dukes Against Childhood Cancer. So how does that kind of tie into our amazing fighters? Yeah, so I met through my nonprofit, a girl named Caroline Lawhorn. I had brought her a care package when she was in the hospital fighting cancer for the third time. Um, she is currently a JMU student and she and I partnered up and we were like, we want to actually do something here on campus to help raise awareness for the cause. Um, and so Dukes Against Childhood Cancer was sort of born out of that. So it was fun that I met her like through my nonprofit. And now we've started something here on JMU's campus to help raise awareness and get the word out and support families local to Harrisonburg. I've been able to connect through our amazing fighters, families to Dukes Against Childhood Cancer um, and get the word out, you know? Awesome. Well, what is it like running, you know, this nonprofit while being a college student? Very busy. <laughs> um, you know, life of a college student is always typically really busy. Um, as it is in my life, I like to say it's a full-time job that I don't get paid for because it, it basically runs my life. I'm constantly, when I'm not in class, I'm, you know, reaching out to families, checking in on kids, you know, sending care packages, visiting families, going to events, whatever. Um, I try to fit in, you know, meetings with people in between <laughs> like classes and stuff. So it's, it's crazy, but I wouldn't change it for the world. So what are some um, challenges associated with running this foundation? Oh, gosh. Um, definitely. I mean, like I just said, being a college student is definitely a challenge because I don't have the amount of time I would love to fully devote to the nonprofit um, with, you know, classes and all of the things that come along with college. Um, and then just as any other nonprofit, you know, getting funding and making sure we can continue to support families um, across the U.S. And I think that I mean, yeah, just like your average nonprofit struggles, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So what is it like working with and meeting um, these children, these pediatric cancer patients? So how has that sort of affected your outlook on life? Um, I mean, these kids have changed my whole world. Like I said earlier, these kids have become like my best friends. They've become my sisters, my brothers. So definitely has impacted it in a positive way because I've gotten to build a lot of really sweet and amazing relationships with these families, but it definitely has brought along a lot of heartbreak um, throughout the years. We've lost numerous kids that we've been close to and having to attend a funeral for a child is something I would never wish on anything because they deserve a lifetime and they deserve to grow up. So um, a lot of joy, but also, you know, a lot of tears. And so a little bit of both, but it's definitely impacted my life and how I view just my outlook and um, being blessed for my health and thankful that I get to work alongside these families. 
So you mentioned that it's a nonprofit. So what would you say your primary way of getting funding is? Oh, goodness. We do lots of fundraisers. You know, we do online campaigns. We've done GoFundMes over the years. We actually recently sold T-shirts um, that had the names of over 950 childhood cancer fighters, survivors, and angels on the back of them. And so we fundraise through things like that. People do, you know, yard sales. Kids will do lemonade stands, whatever we can to, you know, get funding. I'm the type of person that I'm grateful for every single penny that I get with my nonprofit. I mean, even a dollar can go a long way for us. And we are, because we're a smaller nonprofit run by, you know, a college student, um, but we still work with thousands of families. It's, it is hard to get funding, um, but I, I run off of every dollar. And so I'm really grateful for it all. Awesome. And so you mentioned uh, you lobby on Capitol Hill. So what is that like? What kinds of love? legislation do you lobby for? And I guess what's it like to do that? Yeah, so I first went in 2017 for the first time to Washington, D.C. to lobby. Um, I've gotten to lobby for numerous bills over the past few years, uh, both on the state level and on the national level. But I, I mean, with the Gabriella Miller Kids First Research Act 2.0, the Race for Children's Act, the STAR Act, um, the reauthorization of the Creating Hope Act, and then there was a DIPG resolution bill that I got to advocate for. Each one is different and um, does a little bit of different things. Some are really involved with research. Some are really involved with survivorship and the long-term side effects that come along with pediatric cancer. And then some are just awareness bills to help get the word out. It's been a really special experience to meet some really incredible people that have really powerful and moving stories. But it's been a very, um, I would say, empowering experience getting to know that I my story and the story of our amazing fighters is impacting policy on a national level is something that is so super cool and that is going to impact um, all of the kids we work with and the ones that we don't work with nationwide. Um, and I think that's really special. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, so how far is the outreach for our amazing fighters? Is it just Virginia or does it span across the country? Yeah, so we work nationwide. Our care packages go all over the U.S. We work specifically with families local in Virginia um, to provide, you know, the respite care, more of the personal interactions, the hand deliveries, but we do work across the whole U.S. Okay, so I also, I think I saw on your Instagram that you went to the governor's mansion this week. So what was that for and how did it feel to like be able to do that? Oh my gosh, it was incredible. It was such an honor to be there. Um, they lit it up gold for the first time for Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month, which is the month of September. So I was there along with 75 other people who had either fought cancer, um, were currently fighting cancer. Um, and then there were a bunch of advocates and people who are really involved there as well. It was so cool to just see uh, the awareness being raised and the fact that our elected officials are trying to make a difference and trying to raise awareness for these kids, because that's what we need. I believe that awareness is going to lead to research and policy, and then that's going to lead to a cure. And uh, it was a really, again, it was, it was so special to be there. Um, a really lovely evening. The governor and his wife are amazing people. And it was so, so special to be able to tell my story and be there along with everyone. Yeah. And I think I saw that um, JMU lit up gold on Wilson Hall. Is that like the first time that's happened? Is that something that you were involved with? Yeah. So actually it was, um, it was the first time they had lit up gold. We 
through Dukes Against Childhood Cancer and a little bit of our amazing fighters reached out um, to people that work at JMU and were able to make it happen. It was really special. It doesn't happen very often that they light up a cold, a color besides purple. Um, and it's a little bit ironic that Jamie's colors are purple and gold, which we think is perfect because it just matches up so well. Um, so it was a really cool evening. Um, we had all of our club members come out and we hung out on the quad and did homework and ate dinner and celebrated the awareness that was being raised. We're so grateful to JMU and all the people that made it because it was really cool to see our campus put out a message of support for us and all of the kids in the state of Virginia fighting cancer. Yeah. So um, what would you say has been your most memorable moment since starting Our Amazing Fighters? I don't know. I feel like each kid has their own special impact on my heart. Every time I get to, you know, take a hand delivery to a kid and spend time with their families um, is special in itself. I don't know if I could necessarily pinpoint one moment. I mean, like I said, anytime I get to go and be with a family and walk alongside them in their journey and create real relationships is really special. Um, actually, we threw an Our Amazing Fighters birthday party for our fifth birthday back in 2019. Um, and just to see all of my local families come out together and celebrate and be in community with one another. Um, and they each got to have a professional photo taken of their family and of their kids to document their journey. And we got to celebrate and eat cupcakes and eat dinner together and play on the playground and, you know, everything to just like be in fellowship with one another. That was a really special evening. And we actually were able to redo it again this year. We had to take a break because of COVID obviously in 2020. Um, and once again, it was another really special evening of just um, getting to hang out and love on these families extra well and celebrate them and all they've overcome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there, I mean, you said they're all the children that you meet are amazing. Is there a certain person who's close to your heart or has made like a really special impact on you? Yeah, I would probably say I have met three of my absolute best friends through our amazing fighters. And that is one of my best friends, Kellen. Um, I met Kellen through lobbying. She is a three-time AML leukemia fighter. Um, she is one of the most incredible people I have the pleasure of knowing and has become easily one of my favorite people on the planet. In addition, Caroline Lawhorn. Caroline is a student at JMU. She is a four-time leukemia fighter, and she has also become one of my closest friends. It's so cool to be able to go to school with her, and we started, obviously, Dukes Against Childhood Cancer together. Um, and then lastly, my one of my best friends, Megan Bug. She lives in Chicago, Illinois. We met just through the childhood cancer community and have become super, super close. She is a six-time rhabdomyosarcoma fighter. Um, she is currently fighting again, um, just had a major brain surgery a few weeks ago. Um, and she is a passionate advocate and one of the kindest people um, I have the pleasure of knowing too. And uh, each one of these girls are so special in their own ways, but they have all created real and personal like relationships with me. We're all, you know, friends. And so I would say those three girls are definitely three of the people I've become closest to through my nonprofit. But like I said, they each, each kid I meet leaves an impact on me um, for sure. Yeah, well, um, so we read, read on your website about your father and we're really sorry about your loss. So how does he really inspire you to keep going? Yeah, so my dad was diagnosed with glioblastoma in 2016, which was my junior year of high school. Obviously, it was a devastating diagnosis. The prognosis is typically nine to 12 months upon after receiving treatment. And so we got four years. 
he lived until November of 2020. Um, so obviously, again, a heartbreaking loss for us, but to know kids that were undergoing the exact same treatments he was with the exact same diagnosis broke my heart. And it honestly made me way more passionate about the pediatric cancer cause and the need for tailored treatments made for them, not adult strength drugs put into pint-sized form. Um, and I, it, it made me want to fight harder for them because they deserved to grow up and live a beautiful life like my dad did. My dad got to, you know, go to college and get married and have kids and go on vacations and do all of the things, um, worked a job that he loved. And um, these kids deserve a chance to, you know, go to kindergarten. And I, um, it, it has made me much more passionate about the cause and the need for a cure. Um, when my dad passed away, we actually ended up donating his tumor and his brain to pediatric brain cancer research um, because we saw the need for a cure. So it was very full circle. Definitely miss him and he is my forever hero um, and definitely the inspiration behind a lot of the work I will continue to do with our amazing fighters. Um, but I am blessed to have been able to call him my dad and um, I'm grateful for all of the support he continued to give our amazing fighters up until his passing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what do you hope to accomplish with this foundation in the future? I hope to continue, um, obviously, long into the future, grow our nonprofit, continue to provide support programs, um, grow our programs, add new ones, definitely work with even more families than we've already been able to work with. I plan on actually getting my master's and becoming a child life specialist. My goal is to work in children's hospitals and with oncology patients. So that's more of a personal goal. But alongside that, I hope to continue my nonprofit um, and continue supporting these families on a more national scale. Yeah. So um, why would you say this work is so fulfilling for you? Um, because I truly believe that these children and their families should only have to worry about fighting for their lives, um, not having to fight for the research and the funding and all of those things. I am honored to be an advocate for them, but I want to continue to be a voice because I want them to only have to focus on themselves and fighting the battle ahead of them and, um, fighting for truly their lives. Um, and so I think it's fulfilling in that way that I get to, you know, be a voice for these kids while they're, you know, stuck behind the glass in the hospital. So. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else that you would like to add or that we have not asked about? I mean, I, it's been so great to talk with you guys today. And um, I loved getting to, you know, share my story and share our amazing fighters story. It's, I, I'm, again, so blessed to have this as my job um, because I, I love it. These kids are my heroes um, and I will continue to fight until until we have a cure, until they get to grow up and, you know, go to college just like us. Yeah, yeah. well, your story is so inspirational and thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us. This is this has been really awesome. Well, thank you so awesome. much. Thank you. Thanks, Leanna. So nice to meet you. Thank you for listening to the Humans in Madison podcast with Amy Needham and Charlotte Matherly. This episode was edited by Clark Muller, and our cover art is by Madison Root. You can follow along with this podcast in the Breezes Culture section by following us on Instagram and Twitter at Breeze underscore culture. You can find all our episodes on breezejmu.org and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. See you next time.